Welcome to the Bring the Wood Podcast. It's your boy RK. I'm rocking with Mr. Andrew Juge. I thought you were going to jump in there, Andrew. I was going to let you introduce yourself, but <laughs> it's all good. How you doing? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Um, yeah, there's a lot going on. And obviously, I, uh, I got your grades. I always check those out. And I do appreciate um, the work that you guys do on your podcast because on the Saints Happy Hour podcast, you guys are hilarious and also provide some... Uh, some insight for us who are far away from from New Orleans and and get the, get a better understanding of what's going on. So, we're having you on here to ask you a bunch of questions and and get your perspective on a couple of things. First of all, the elephant in the room, the Michael Thomas situation. I don't want to talk too long on it, but um, I remember having you on here last year, and yeah. you had ex- you had explained to me that Michael Thomas is just a different dude. Like he's not a, it's not bad or or good. It's just it's a different. He's a different he's a different apple, right? He's a different kind of guy and. I think that kind of plays into the way that we see him in the public and what happened in New Orleans. But can you speak to a little bit of what you think is going to happen with Mike? Obviously, he's going to be tied down with money-wise, but do you see him being a New Orleans Saint next year, or what's the plan, do you think? Yeah, so um, I've never met him personally. I mean, there, there's some Saints players I have. Um, I've never met Michael Thomas. So, you know, I, everything that I've known about him is hearsay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I've been told is that he is kind of a lone wolf. Um, he's a little distant. Uh, he's he's per- peculiar, um, and you know he's a unique personality. And he's really focused on being great all the time, you know. And and so, you know, I I think for and I think I said this when we talked a year ago when I came on your show. But my understanding of Michael Thomas is that he's a guy that you know works his ass off, works really really hard in the weight room. He works very hard on the field, of course, and then he goes home. He checks Twitter. He <laughs> likes a lot of insulting comments. He kind of ignores the compliments, and he really goes after the insults. And he likes them. He retweets them. He you know, fires back. He eats food. He goes to sleep. He goes back to practice and does it all over again. Yeah. And that's his life. You know, he, he doesn't really have a lot of really close personal relationships. Like that, that, That's kind of his thing. You know? mm-hmm. That's his routine. And so what I think was really disruptive to his headspace was getting injured. Uh, and, you know, obviously he's had a lot of setbacks. Things haven't gone as planned. He didn't handle things very well. Uh, you know, there, there was beef with the Saints. And, you know, some of it from Michael Thomas's side, you know, there's always two sides to a story. And I think from his side, his perspective, it's, look, this was Drew Brees' last year. There was a chance to win a Super Bowl. He did everything he could to play on an ankle that probably needed surgery. You know, he sacrificed a lot. And so his whole perspective is I laid it all on the line for a team that paid me a hundred million dollars. And I think he wasn't very happy with some things that were out there in the media. He wasn't very happy with how the saints treated him. Um, so, you know, there's two sides to a story and I think some of it maybe, uh, he's treated unfairly. You know, I think that that's part of the issue a little bit, but, but also, I think there are maturity issues. I think there's uh, lack of perspective, you know, all that stuff. So it's complicated with Michael Thomas. What I've been told is that things are copacetic right now, even though he's out for the year and he mishandled his rehab and he had a setback and he needs surgery again, despite all that, right now they're at a good place. Now, I'm not one to predict where things go from here, you know? So. You know, from one day, he's a very unpredictable character, 
and I don't know where things are going to be at from well, here. So well, the, the Saints would be hemorrhaging money if they were to trade him, though, right? Right. So, yeah, so. they it behooves the Saints to keep this relationship amicable, and, and and the reason I say that is financially they can't cut him until after June first. Right now, um, the last time I did the math, sorry, I'm doing this from memory, yeah. but uh, I want to say it's 23 million dead money that they can't recoup if they cut him before the uh, before free agency in March. That's, so that's that's, that's untenable. Like yeah. they can't they can't do that. They're already 60 million over the cap before that whole process even starts. Mm-hmm. So they get 80 million over if they cut him. So like there's zero chance that's going to happen zero they're not going to trade him they're not going to cut him now they can cut him after june 1st and that would save them 18 million okay. now the rub there is what good is 18 million dollars to you in june yeah you know like yeah. yeah you can sign some draft picks you know you can maybe sign a free agent that happen to still be available but like you you got to get under the cap before march so yeah you know i think it behooves the saints to work this out i think it behooves them to try to see what happens with michael thomas now what i could see happening is like if the relationship deteriorates or it's clear that michael thomas is still like let's say he needs another surgery or let's say you know the relationship becomes untenable again then then i could see a scenario where they cut him after june because it's like yeah things aren't tracking yeah. But if if he gets a surgery and he rehab goes well and he's looking better and it looks like he's going to play next season and there's optimism that he could be good, then I think he'll stay. Yeah. I hope that's the case because you can see the difference now, right? We put so much we put so much into him paying him 100 million dollars that you see the rest of the guys that are making minimum wage um, we're getting what it paid for. That's the, that's the way to be nice, right? Like it's just we're not getting a lot of production out of these UDFAs and Traquan Smith. Um, I watched the game again for a third time, watching Kenny Stills. Do you think that we're going to see a better Kenny Stills at any point in time, or is this kind of what we're going to get with him? Oh, you got yourself muted there, boss. Sorry. Can't hear you. Sorry about that. It's okay. Um, So I was talking to my co-host, Ralph Malbro, and, um, you know, it was interesting. There was a time period in Marcus Colston's career when, when he started dropping a lot of passes. He, he, for lack of a better term, you you call it Chuck Knobloch with the Yankees, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, he got the yips. Yeah. And he started dropping a lot of passes. He would fumble. He, he became very inconsistent. And the only thing I can say is when you get older as a receiver and you experience injuries, you experience pain, right? Um, taking hits over the middle, it, it, it's a mental thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's not that he's lost the ability to catch. It's that mentally he's taken hits. He, maybe he's slowed down a little bit. He's lost a little confidence. Mm-hmm. And every time he goes up to catch that pass, there's that mental reminder in the back of his mind, that, like, I've had some injuries. Like, it kind of hurts when I fall down now. I used yeah. to fall yeah. down, and it used to be painless because I was 22, and I had never had an injury before, and – I felt like I was indestructible, right? Mm-hmm. But as you get closer to your 30s, I mean, we, we all experience this in different ways, and football is like the extreme of it. But you start to realize the limitations of your own body, and you see that with a lot of receivers. And I have, in, in the course of covering the team, and I've been doing that since the 90s, you start to see guys 
I actually think it's the mental starts to wither before the physical, you mm-hmm. know, and it's, can they push through kind of like the mental barrier of what, like the physical threshold of pain and all that. Yeah. Like, that's a thing. That's a thing. It really is. And, and I just think w- right now, Kenny Stills has the yips and at least with Colston, he really never went back. Like once he started getting inconsistent and dropping passes, like it never really flipped for him. Yeah. And so like Kenny Stills, I think he's lost a step. Like he's not getting the separation he used to get. He was the worst by PF. Wasn't he the worst receiver this week? It was yes. one, one point yes. ER. Like so, like yes. that's just bananas. Because yeah. he's he's a guy that like prides himself on having you know some jets to get some open space between him and the defenders. So and look, not notwithstanding, despite his lack of separation, I thought three well three times, Simeon threw him 50-50 balls. He went after him. This you know, one of the he one gave, of the, him, he yeah. gave him a chance to make a play, and he put the ball yeah. where he could make a play despite mm-hmm. tight coverage. Simeon got yeah. you got the raw deal in that game. Uh, that he pass did. the pass on the left sideline that hit stills directly in the hands. Like there's just there's no other there's no other way to put it. Like your job description is you catch footballs for a living. You get paid a large amount of money to do that, and that you can't drop that ball. You know, I just you just can't. So it's frustrating. Yeah, um, it's got to be a catch. But let's let's actually stay with Trevor here. So, with with Trevor being in a, a quarterback and obviously sprinkling Taysom in uh, here and there, does this team need to be perfect? You know, not as many penalties. The false start by Hurst, you know, that put us back in like what was it, second and thirty-one or something like that. Like, do we need to be perfect, or does this team have the ability to come back in games if we're down against the against a good team? You're you're muted again. Yeah, sorry. Um, they're, they're never going to be perfect. Um, but I think some things are magnified more than others. And mm-hmm. so it, it's really it's the colossal mistakes that you want to you want to limit. So I, I just go back to turnovers like the job description. Number one for Simeon, which was the same description it was for Winston was don't turn it over. Um, you know, to this point, I mean, we've had some disappointing moments. The, the loss to the Falcons, the loss to the. Giants. Giants were both horrific. And yet, you know, look, the the Washington game and the Tampa game easily could have gone that way too. You, yeah. know, you had four similar games and they're two and two in those games, right? If you if you take a step back and look at those four games, like they were both all four coin flip games and they're two and two. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're five and three as we sit here today. And if you look at the rest of the schedule, if they keep playing games like that and they and they split each and every one of them that's probably good enough to make the playoffs, right? Yeah. And, and that's, I, I think as Saints fans right now, that's really all we can hope for. And so, look, when you're in field goal range, you can't get hit with a holding penalty. So yeah. I, I, I kind of, like, Eric Eric McCoy, like I, I raised my hand on Eric McCoy. Yeah. You know, they had one turnover in this game, and it was a missed block by Armstead. Yeah. I, I put that fumble squarely on Teron Armstead. That's not a guy that you expect to make a mistake. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I, th- those those are magnified. You know, so the drops, look, the Saints are what they are. We we know w- what the limitations are with this team. And, and Kenny Stills, Adam Troutman, like, they're going to be up and down. They're going to be inconsistent. I, we, we can't expect these guys to have five catches for 120 yards. Yeah. You know, they are what they are. Yeah. What what creates issues for me is, is Lattimore 
playing the way he did. We're gonna get we're gonna get into the secondary. Yeah, but, you yeah. Know, like, so when, Armstead when, missing a block like that. That's where it's like those are the guys you count on. And I put and, I put that partially. Sorry to cut you off. I put that partially that that missed by Armstead. I put that partially on Sean Payton though, because we we were we we didn't have much of a spark, correct? And then all of a sudden, Taysom comes in and he throws two darts, two really good completions, and we just flip the field completely. Taysom is a different quarterback than Simeon. Like the way that even Taysom, like the way that looks to me on this on the screen is that Taysom has a little bit more bounce to him, right? Yeah. So Taysom's kind of bouncy in the pocket and he's kind of moving around. He's a little bit more spry. I think that gives Armstead a little bit more of a mentality, like, hey, I can actually you know manipulate this pocket a little bit differently than when Trevor's in there, and then we flip right back to Trevor. So I don't, I'm not going to say Armstead gets a full pass on that one, but it's a little bit frustrating for him, I imagine, to go from Simeon to, to Taysom in that moment do you, do you yeah think? that that was a strange sequence i'll be honest um you know the saints were down i i thought simeon was playing fine so i, I didn't really feel like he needed to be replaced and Taysom comes in he throws two passes and and so you know mentally i'm like okay i, I guess simeon's been replaced I, I guess Taysom's in and he's the guy right now to provide him a spark and then he makes two good throws yeah uh, and, and, you know, the, the part you, you missed there is that he then I think there was a, a run call and they got a delay of game penalty or it was a false start by Hurst. I can't remember. Yeah. But but Taysom was in there for a third play. And so, you know, I, I kind of assume that's who they were rolling with. But then they get a penalty and then he's taken out and, and Simeon comes in. Yeah. And that, that was a head scratcher to me. It's like, OK, you're going to pull him just because of one penalty and then. And then that the very next play is when he gets hit by you know that's where yeah. Armstead misses a block and then there's the fumble and it goes the other way. Yeah. So, yeah. and I was very surprised after that fumble to see Simeon come back and be the quarterback. And and I'm glad that they did because obviously he brought him back and gave him the lead eventually. Yeah. So, I don't know that that sequence is really strange. Um, yeah, I don't know how much his concussion played into all that. You know, mm-hmm. he he. he he ended up having three touches, you know, three pa- two passes and a run. Yeah. And I can't help but think that they're kind of slowly Easy reacclimating him based yeah. on how se- the severity of his injury. Yeah. There was something that I noticed, and I was just, like, looking at different things because it, it didn't make any sense to me in the first half. Trevor Simeon was four of nine, and the five misses that he had were all drop passes. Yeah. So uh, I'm looking at this game, and I'm watching, I'm, I'm watching it over and over again. I'm scratching my head because I'm like, these are – like the Deontay Harris one where he slides to the ground, he's made that catch a hundred times. Like this is not something that's difficult for him. So I had to think to myself, does Simeon throw the ball with a different velocity? Does he throw it a little bit of a different spin? Like they're not guys aren't used to it, you know, because he didn't really work with the ones all that much in the offseason, correct? Yeah, I mean that's part of it. You know what's interesting is there was a lot of slipping in that game. Deontay, Camara, there was a number of Saints players that slipped and you know, one one reality that we have to be honest about is this was her second time playing in the Superdome in, yeah. in eight weeks. You know, mm-hmm. uh, or I guess I guess technically third time, but you know they they haven't really had a lot of time, and and it's a new quarterback, and and so the the one consistency with the Saints this year is that they've had no consistency. You know, they they had to live in. Texas for a while. They had a hurricane that displaced them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their coaching staff was wiped out by COVID for a week, and they got killed by Carolina. Um, yeah. They they've had 
I mean, the injuries, you know, we, we could spend yeah, a two hour podcast talking just about that. Right. Yeah. So, uh, the, the lack of norms that they've had is just, uh, it, it's unreal. And, and you always know that you're going to face adversity. That's what Sean Payton always talks about that. Like f- being prepared for the adversity that you're going to face. Cause that's a reality. Like you're going to see a lot of that over the course of a year. Yeah. And yet I, th- this has been abnormal. This has been over the top. So it's a if coaster. you take a step <laughs> back and you think about the fact that they're five and three, and Michael Thomas is out for the year, and Will Lutz is out for the year, and uh, Jameis Winston is out for the year, and uh, it's it's just it's incredible that they're five and three right now, and that they're in sixth place, and they are in line to have a wild card spot right now. It, it truly is remarkable, and yet they're going to have to win more games to to get that playoff spot. So yeah. we'll we'll see where it goes from here, but. Um, you know, I, I attribute the drops like it's a work in progress. Like the offense is what it is in the sense that I don't think these receivers are all of a sudden going to get a hundred yards receiving, right? Like mm-hmm. they're, they, they're limited in what they can do. And that, that's just, that's just the reality. Yeah. But I do think this offense can make progress. Like you can get better. Like I, what I don't like about Twitter and what I don't like about these, these couch, uh, experts is that they're so locked into just I've defined this guy and this this is what it's going to be like all season or this yeah. is what his whole career is going to look like I, yeah. I don't believe that Ryan mm. I, I don't like every week like is a chance to get better you can iterate on your game you can get better and I think this offense is a work in progress like I think Deontay Harris who probably is about to get suspended but <laughs> yeah but but I saw him, he's really starting to develop that comeback route. And I saw on tape, especially in this Falcons game, where he goes full speed, like it looks like it's a go route. In the corner, he's so fast that the corner is doing everything he can to stay with him, Mm -hmm. right? And he's got this ability to cut on a dime. And he does this comeback route where he's running a hook route and the defender has to hit the brakes. And it's really hard to do that and stay sticky with the receiver. And he's just so quick with his cut. It's a really easy throw to make. And Simeon made that throw twice to him, and it moved the chains. And, you know, Jameis Winston, for all the plays that he made, I will say, like, he tried to make those throws, and they weren't super accurate. And and, and Deontay is a small receiver. And so if that ball's not accurate, it's an incomplete pass. Mm -hmm. You really have to hit him in the chest or just – in, in a small area because he's not a big he doesn't have a big wingspan he's not he's not a big target right yeah but but Simeon was a little bit more accurate with that ball and that was an effective play so you see that and you're like okay that, like that's a wrinkle in this offense that they can iterate off of mm-hmm. that, that that's going to be a consistent play for them so I saw some signs in this game that I think will benefit them well let's hope he gets suspended sooner than later so we get him back for the stretch run but um Alvin Kamara um, obviously, Nick Underhill and a bunch of people have reported uh, that he got banged up in the game a bit, and the Saints tried. The Saints actually signed uh, Adams that was in with the New York Jets previously. Um, does that mean that we're not going to see Tony Jones Jr. back in the next little bit? And then kind of just let's tie in this all together. We're still waiting on Vanette. Um, CD Deuce obviously is going to be out for a little bit with the with the foot injury. Is PJ going to be a good sub? Like, what are your thoughts on all of that? He has the dreaded high ankle sprain, mm-hmm. and that's one of those things. And we know this from Michael Thomas last year. Um, 
that, that can last a, three weeks. That can last eight weeks. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very much, uh, depends on the severity, depends on your recovery, all that. So, mm-hmm. uh, who knows, who knows, but he's out for now. Uh, obviously ha- the Mark Ingram trade was, was huge. It came at a big time. And if Kamara's going to be out for any length, uh, then they're going to be even happier that they made that trade. So, yeah. uh, acquiring him was, was big. From what I've been told, like the Kamara thing isn't a huge deal. I mean, remember he went in the tent, he, he was limping a little bit, but he didn't leave the game. He finished that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I would be surprised to see Kamara miss this game against the Titans. So I, I think it's more the saints doing their due diligence, seeing what's out there, mm-hmm. seeing who's healthy, seeing who looks good and just being prepared in case they need to bring someone up. But, but I do think next man up would be Lamar Miller, who is on the saints practice squad. That's a lot of running backs and, out there. <laughs> that's a lot of running backs. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, look, at this point, the Saints are so banged up on offense, uh, they really can't afford to lose anyone. You know, yeah. it, it, there, there reaches a point where it's too much, and I, I think we're already there, honestly. But if all of a sudden you take Kamara out of this offense, I mean, you can forget it. Yeah, yeah, it would be, uh, it'd be 2013, or sorry, 2014-15 bad. Um, well, I know you got to get out of here pretty soon, so I want to ask you a couple of questions. I want want to get back to them because there's one that's really been bothering me for two weeks. David Onyemata came back, and I thought that that would fix a lot of the pass rush. I thought that we'd be getting into the backfield a lot more. And you you obviously do the grades and see things that I don't see um, on film. I thought Montrevious Adams was doing really well in the in the, in the interior defensive line. I thought it looked like on film he was. He was popping out on film. Like he looked like he was getting in the backfield quite a bit and being disruptive. I'm not seeing the same thing from Onyemata. Is he just trying to work himself back into game shape or is this what we're going to get from the rest of the year? Oh, no. I, I thought Onyemata was terrific in this last game. Okay. He had seven He had seven tackles. Um, listen, remember, Atlanta in this game had 24 carries for 35 yards. Mm-hmm. They, they could not run the ball. And it was under two yards per carry. I think it was 1.7 per carry. The Saints are number one in the league, by the way, right now in uh, rushing defense, 3.2 yards per carry. Nice. Um, But, yeah, no, I I thought he controlled the line of scrimmage. He's more disruptive. Look, defensive tackle, the push the Saints have got all year has been awful uh, up the middle, you know. And I would say Shy Tuttle's had his moments, but – when they put Tano Passigno in there in the middle, uh, I think it works when it's third and five or more because, you know, it's more of a pass rushing situation. Yeah. But, and, you know, those guys, Ringo, um, Montrevious Adams, um, Josiah Bronson, uh, th- those guys have all done a decent job when it's clear running plays. Yeah. And their job is just eat space, hold your blocks, set up Demario Davis and company to – shoot the gaps and make plays right Mm -hmm. they do they do a fine job when it's pass rushing time and they have to get after the passer the edge is getting double teamed every time because teams know like davenport jordan like that's that's where the pass rush gets a little scary for the saints Mm -hmm. so just stop you know stop those guys and then if you have to go one-on-one with christian ringo with shy tuttle whatever it's fine and it has been fine and that's been the biggest problem for this defense and I will say Onyemata has already made a big difference. Um, now, the biggest problem against Atlanta, there were two plays in particular where Onyemata had Matt Ryan dead to rights. Dead mm-hmm. to rights. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he great pocket push, beats his man, he's there. And he, he whiffs. He misses yeah. a sack. And, mm-hmm. and it, was, it was there for the taking. 
and and then Matt Ryan somehow avoids it, gets a little slippery, and steps in the pocket, and then there's a huge crossing route. He makes a throw right on the money, huge gain. And so, you know, when you go back, like it's easy to look at that highlight and be like, oh, the Saints just got roasted in the secondary. But like that was that was a sack. Wait, yeah, it should have been a sack, you know, yeah. and, and it's, that, that makes a huge difference in the game. Yeah. And so part of that's just the feel for finishing plays, and mm-hmm. I, I think that that's what it's going to take for Onyemata is finishing plays. But um, I, I've been encouraged by his play. You know, I thought week one was pretty good. Uh, this past week was better. And now, like, the next thing I'm looking for with him, like the physicality is there. He just needs to finish plays. Okay, just one word answer here, and I'm going to hold you just so you can think about it for a second. Is it time to play Bradley Roby over Paulson Adebo for a couple of weeks and see how that turns out, or do we keep the kid in? I think well, I think you stick with Adebo. Now that Ooh. being said, okay. now that being said, you know rookies need to learn. You know he he's mm-hmm. really good. Adebo's really good, so he needs to learn. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I think you need to let him have a little rope. Now I think Chauncey Garner Johnson's banged up. Yeah. And so Roby may play anyway. He may have to play the slot to fill in for mm-hmm. CJ. Okay. Um, finish the sentence for me. The Saints play past the wild card weekend if. If. If what? How do they if play if they past the, wild... the foot? If, if they protect the football. You think it's a simple No turnover. They, they, can't, they cannot turn the ball over. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I, I'm going to take stopping the run as an absolute. Again, mm-hmm. 3.2 per carry, number one in the NFL. I- I'm going to take this as a given that the Saints are going to stop the run all season, that they're okay. the best in the league. And if we can take that for granted, then I think they can stay in these games okay. if they don't turn it over. They lost to Atlanta by two, and they basically gave up a fumble that was returned for a touchdown. Yeah, So that, get, that's the difference in the game. Just don't the, turn it over. Yeah, and the, and the Patterson catch is just yeah. like it's and, a, that's and a Jameis, Jameis didn't turn it over, yeah. right? But it's before true. he left with an injury, and they were 5-2 and two with Jameis. Yeah. Okay, I'll get you out of here on this. We play the Tennessee Titans at noon, I believe, in Tennessee this week. No Derrick Henry, but they've got the revenge game going for Adrian Peterson. I'm sure he's going to be staring at Sean. He's going to be staring at Sean. I'm sure Kevin Held will be watching this game, you know, eyes peeled because I'm sure he loves Adrian Peterson still. Um, How do you you see the game going? And then give me your uh, score prediction for the game. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. I still think every week is going to be like what we saw against the Falcons. I I think the margins are really small for the Saints right now, and it, it continues to be stop the run don't turn it over and sean payton knows how to shrink the margins he knows how to talk to his team about look it doesn't have to be pretty we don't have to look like you know josh allen in buffalo throwing for 400 yards we don't have to look like patrick mahomes although patrick mahomes been garbage this year but you know what i mean yeah we don't have to look like you know the the ravens defense of yore with ray lewis we just need to do what's necessary to win this game And, and then we'll see where it puts us at for next week and so i think the saints will be competitive i think they're going to play well i i I think this is a 2017 game okay it's going to come down to who executes in the final minutes you know i picked tennessee to win this game but but i i think this is another one of those nasty ugly and as saints fans like we have to embrace that we have to understand that like these receivers are terrible trevor simeon's the quarterback and like we need to sneak these games out however we can. Sean Payton understands that. And so 
A lot of these games are going to be ugly. Sometimes it's going to be super exhilarating because we're going to feel like we stole one. Yeah. And sometimes it's going to be like Atlanta where we're going to get our guts ripped out. <laughs> and, and that's that's life as a Saints fan right now. It's been that way. Um, okay, so who's your player of the game? Uh, for the Saints? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I'll say we're going to lose, but... Um, yeah, twenty to seventeen. I think Mark Ingram is going to have a good day. Um, nice. You know, the Titans give up four point five per carry. I think he will break Deuce McAllister's record. He'll he'll own the Saints' uh, all time rushing record. He only needs twenty yards to do it. Okay. Uh, but I think he gets in the end zone as well, and he'll have a good day. Nice. I um I have this game going a little bit differently. The NFL for me, I don't know about you, but I've watched. It's been so unpredictable. It's been a roller coaster. I don't know who's good. So every year you have an idea of which teams are really good, which teams are bad. I guess you could say Tennessee with their four wins in a row against playoff teams from last year is pretty good. But again, the Rams I thought were elite, and they laid an egg on primetime, right? So I don't know who's good. I don't know who's bad. But I do know the Saints have beat the Packers. The Saints have went into Foxborough and beat the Patriots. And then we beat the Super Bowl defending Bucks in a game that everybody picked us to lose. Yeah. So this is kind of one of those games where I think it's going to be weird. I think we're going to see a score on defense from the Saints. I think they're going to already stall what is probably a pretty inefficient run game without Derrick Henry there into nothing and make them one-dimensional. And hopefully we can get off to the pass. Hopefully we can get off to the passer in Tannehill. And I got the Saints winning 27-14. I love it. Well, look, you're, you're predicting shenanigans, and the Saints need all the shenanigans they can get. <laughs> uh, so yeah, shenanigans, that, that's, that's what you need to win these kind of games. And – I will also point out that, like, the Saints this year, it's expect the unexpected. So yeah. this would be very Saintsy to lose to Atlanta at home and then go to Tennessee and win. Yeah. My player of the game is Marcus Williams. I feel like he had a really awful game uh, against the Falcons. And he I think did. He, I think he, he redeemed himself. Yeah, he was bad, but I think he redeems himself. Anyways, I know you got to get out of here, my friend. I truly, really appreciate it. I had Ralph on last, last week, I think, and then yeah. having you this week. It's just awesome. Really awesome to have you guys on. Do you want to let the people know, uh, plug your plug your stuff over on Twitter, well, plug your pocket pod? Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Well, first of all, um, you know, I, I've been on the show a few times now. It's a pleasure, and um, you know, I, it's awesome that there's Saints fans up in Canada that support the team and you know that listen to your show, listen to our podcast. So um, you know, uh, it, it's always a pleasure. So thanks for having me on, and thanks for being persistent. I know I, I know it was tough to land me for for a couple <laughs> days there, so. Um, it, it, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to come on. So thank you for that. Uh, and thank you for your support of our show, uh, for, for many years now. Um, it, it truly means the world. And, uh, yeah, our, our show is the saints happy hour podcast. Uh, you can find us on all forms of social media. So, you know, we're on Twitch, we're on Twitter, we're on YouTube, uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Insta. So find us there. Uh, our website is saintshappyhour.com. And, uh, I will point out that, uh, look, I'm not Nick Underhill, uh, but I, I do have some connections. And, and <laughs> when I have information, I, I post it in our Discord chat room. And uh, I, I did that today. In fact, uh, I, I leaked that uh, Odell Beckham cleared waivers two hours before it was announced on Twitter. Nice. And, and so, you know, you can get information like that sometimes. And sometimes I'm wrong. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> the information I get is incorrect. But. Uh, but I put it out there when I hear that stuff. And so, you know, if you want to be a patron, uh, check us out. Uh, again, it's saintshappyhour.com. We have a daily podcast uh, for our patrons. And, uh, you know, like if, if, if you don't want to pay for it or subscribe to our stuff, uh, you can still listen to our free show, uh, which is once a week. 
Um, and of course, if you're a Saints fan, I appreciate all the support out there. Yeah, it's and it's awesome. You guys got Dave Cariello sitting in the bathroom for part of your shows, <laughs> so that's that's always good stuff too. So yeah, you get you get nothing but info and great laughs um, on on the show. I can attest to it. I've been listening to you guys forever, which is why I have you guys on ours because it's just it's it's awesome for me, right? I get to talk to people that I look up to um, with regards to info for that. Anyways, I'm gonna be in uh, New Orleans for the Dallas game. I'm super pumped. Um, nice, but we will. Hopefully talk before then. And, uh, yeah, man, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, let's hope they get a win this weekend. Yeah, fingers crossed. Thanks for having me, Ryan. All right, man, take care. All right, man.